Tim Marshall for R&B Showcase Live. Coming up, our very special guest is Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees as we spotlight Motown, R&B, and vocal groups throughout the decades. 98 Degrees, the group that bought you great sounds like Give Me One More Night, The Invisible Man, The Hardest Thing I'll Ever Do, and The Wedding Anthem I Do Cherish You. They were signed to Motown, worked with Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder, and they've got some great music and also got a story to share. Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees, plus all of your favorite classic to contemporary R&B, Motown, pop, soul, jazz, and blues is coming up on R&B Showcase next. Tim Marshall on the R&B Showcase radio show. We have a very special guest. He's an American popular singer, songwriter, producer, and recording artist, a founding member of the vocal group 98 Degrees, the group that bought us hits such as The Hardest Thing, Give Me One More Night, and the wedding anthem, I Do Cherish You. We're going to welcome back to the R&B Showcase radio show, Jeff Timmons. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Tim. That's quite the intro, man. I totally appreciate it. It's good to be back with you today. It's good to hear from you, man. I, 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 in fact, the last time I saw you, you were singing in a pre-concert set at the My uh, 2K Tour, Completely a cappella with your group 98 Degrees, you're saying, and the still of the night by the five satins. And man, I must compliment you on, on providing those those private concerts and, and special things that you do for your most dedicated fans. Well, we love that. I mean, look, honestly, that's our favorite part. I mean, we're, we, it's great to get up on stage and, you know, have great production and all that stuff. But, you know, for any of those folks that don't know our background, we were heavily influenced by a cappella groups. So, any uh and we didn't have any play instruments and when we all got together in california none of us had anything but our voices and so that's how we got signed and we have uh you know we love to pay homage uh, to those groups and and anytime we can do something acapella and you know we jump at the opportunity so we know our listeners are really into that acapella and that vocal group harmony sound so how did you actually get started in music and who inspired you to to want to be a recording artist well, look, I, you know, I've been surrounded by music my whole life, but I grew up in a small town in Ohio where football was sort of the, uh, you know, what the main thing that everybody loved to do. It's a, a well-known town called Maslin, and, uh, you know, some legendary football players and coaches are from there. And so, you know, my whole life was revolving around football, but music, I was always drawn to it. So, uh, you know, in a roundabout way in college, uh, I was trying to impress some girls at a party, and I knew some guys that could, could, hang, could hold the tune, and we sang some acapella stuff, and... You know, it just sounded great, great to me, and you know, we were heavily, heavily influenced uh, by Boys to Men, who was really emerging on the scene in the in the early '90s, and they inspired me so much that I started a group and moved to LA, and and uh, you know, actually ended up meeting Nick uh, through a mutual friend and coaxed him into <laughs> into following the dream and coming out to LA. He brought his brother and his really good friend Justin, and and we actually got discovered at a Boys to Men concert. We sang backstage. Uh, one of their concerts, and, and, and the rest was history for us. We got really, really lucky and fortunate. Now, how is Justin Jeffrey doing? He's got that bass, man, that, that incredible bass. I mean, to have that in a vocal group is just, you know, just really just rounded out that sound. It sounded great. Well, you're exactly right. And nowadays, you, you know, look, they've, they've sort of, you know, there are still harmonies involved with, you know, the, a lot of the great R&B singers like Chris Brown and Usher and Neo and, and the weekend, I mean, they all have the harmonies in there, but you know, you sort of lose that. There, you know, the ability to sing those low notes and carry out and fill out the chord. You know, I know, I know, I sound like a musical nerd, but I mean, there's something to be said for somebody that has that voice. So it was very important for us to have that sort of structure with you know, a true tenor, tenor, bass, baritone in there, and 
and Justin is as good as any of them. I mean, we were heavily influenced by Take Six as well, and you know they had an incredible bass in that group, and and Justin can get as low as is uh, some of the best of them out there. I've heard that. I was actually listening to Give It Up, the interlude a cappella, that a cappella piece you guys do. Sad, sad that that harmony was outstanding, man. Thank you so much. That's an obscure one. I'm glad. I appreciate that you even know that one. I found it. I, found, I was digging in the crates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where you need to find it, too, in those crates. <laughs> so what was it like being assigned to the historic, legendary Motown Records? Tell us about it. Well, look, Tim, it, it was an honor beyond belief. I mean, when we, you know, we really modeled ourselves after Boys to Men, and we were heavily influenced by those old doo-wop groups and, and vocal groups like the Temptations and the Four Tops. And, of course, you know, Michael Jackson was mm -hmm. on the label at one point, Stevie Wonder. I mean, all of those things were played a big part in our influence, our musical influence. And so, you know, our dream was to be signed by Motown Records. And, you know, we, uh, we, we did our demo with Montel Jordan from, uh, you know, This Is How We Do It fame, among other hits, mm -hmm. and shopped it around. And, you know, many of the labels didn't uh, didn't want us. And and uh, so some of them passed on us, but you know we we're like, go to Motown, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. look, everybody was going, you're never going to get signed there. We're not, we're not taking you to Motown. And we we're like, go to Motown, and and actually, one of Montel's dancer, dancers, hi hat was her name, uh, passed the demo over to DJ Clark Kent, and he gave it to Andre Harrell, who's you know sadly passed in the last year, uh, but he was great to us. He he gave us an opportunity. We went into his office. We sang from acapella. We moved the tables out of the way. He wanted to see us dance. We didn't do so well at that part. <laughs> uh, but, you know, look, he, he gave us a shot and, and gave us the opportunity. So it was like a, literally like a dream come true for us to be a part of that family. And you know, I think we were at, at you know, an intro to, to, to the old members of the labels. Some of the temptations were there. And Smokey Robinson walked up and said, welcome to the family. And I, I mean, I really literally had to pinch myself. Mm, it was amazing. It's amazing, man. Amazing. I remember seeing you on Motown Live breaking out that Eddie Kendrick's falsetto, you know, singing a Can't Get Next to You by the Temptations. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, one of my favorite, of course, the Temptations are known for that. I mean, they had just my imagination mm. and, and, the, and that, that sort of falsetto. You do see some guys doing that. Nowadays, I know Jason Derulo often flipped to his falsetto on a lot of his stuff, but it's sort of a lost art form, the falsetto stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Sean Stockman was always amazing at that from Boys to Men. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was easy for me. I got this high squeaky voice. I'm like, I got to do something with it other than do Mickey Mouse impersonations. So I tried to, you know, get, get on some records and do the best I could. But I appreciate you knowing that. That Motown Live show was a blast. You did your thing. You sounded good, Jeff. You sounded great. Did, did 98 Thanks, Degrees man. ever do Soul Train? You ever do the Soul Train? We did. We did. I mean, Don Cornelius had us on there and, you know, surprisingly, uh, Soul Train, you know, they, they had everybody sort of just lip sync on that show, which I was shocked about mm -hmm. uh, because they wanted to sound like the records. I was like, uh, you know, very surprised about that. But again, another honor for us. I mean, uh, you know, all of those those sorts of shows that had a big influence on our careers and our, you know, just the art form of R&B, which we, we have a true love for, mm -hmm. you know, to be a, be accepted and, and, and the R&B culture and the Motown family and, and have the honor of performing and sharing that stage with so many, you know, so many legends have been on that show. Uh, again, Don Cornelius couldn't have been cooler. I mean, mm -hmm. it, all that stuff was really, really uh, meant so much to us. Mm -hmm. That's historic, man. It's a great piece of history for 98 Degrees. Now, talking about the R&B roots, did you guys actually start off as an R&B group at first? Because, you're, you know, you're some of your, your Invisible Man will chart on R&B charts. Well, yeah, I mean, that was where we wanted to be. And, uh, you know, we came out and Motown really, really wanted to, 
you know, their vision for us was to to take us really urban. Uh, you know, the quote unquote boy band term wasn't really prolific at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backstreet Boys hadn't really broken yet. NSYNC was, you know, o- overseas in Europe, st- sort of creating their fan base. And so, you know, Motown marketing wise wasn't quite sure what to do with this. I mean, they I think for a while there. They wanted to, us to lean more Joe to see. Mm-hmm. And while we lo- had heavily in, been influenced by R&B, you know, we we're still, you know, a sort of hybrid pop crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Boys to Men, although very good R&B singers, had some pretty mainstream tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joe to see great R&B singers, you know, a lot of church and a lot of gospel stacks in their harmonies and stuff, but still had some, you know, mainstream pop tracks that crossed over. And so we didn't want to quite go to R&B, mm-hmm. uh, but they, you know, they, they decided that, you know, maybe we, they should trick radio to making people think that we were an urban group. Mm-hmm. So originally on the CD pro for for those that don't know what that is, uh, you know, now you can, you know, sort of pass along songs digitally, but back then you had to send, send a CD pro, which is a CD with a single on it. Mm-hmm. They decided not to put our images and picture on there, uh, because they wanted the urban radio folks to think we were a black group. Mm. Uh, and, and while we started getting some airplay on, on the urban charts, uh, it sort of backfired because they thought it was a marketing gimmick. Okay. So we had to regroup with the label, uh, you know, and, and really just kind of let them know. We just, you know, just put us out the way we are, you know, exactly. and, and people can decide whether they like our music or not. Uh, no gimmicks. And, you know, after Andre had you know, departed Motown, there was a guy named George Jackson, who was also departed, but an amazing film producer uh, had brought in, uh, been brought in to, you know, take over the label. And he, he kind of saw us for what we were. He was like, look, we're going to put you out just the way you are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, he put a lot behind us, got the whole team at the, you know, label behind us, which was an amazing radio team, amazing marketing team. And they really did a fantastic job of getting us out there. Well, that was a great way to do it. You did the right thing. And The Visible Man was a chart hit on the pop charts as well as international. Jeff, we're going to take a listen to your track with 98 Degrees, The Invisible Man on the R&B Showcase. Tim Marshall on the R&B Showcase, a track from 98 Degrees, The Invisible Man. And our special guest is founding member Jeff Timmons. And Jeff, about that song, The Invisible Man, a chart hit now. They recorded a couple of videos for this single. Why Why two different videos? You had one black and white and one done in color. What was the purpose? <laughs> That's a good question. Sorry, my cackle uh, interrupted what you were saying. Yeah, so originally we did one in black and white. And, and look, at, at that particular time, like we talked about uh, you know, a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't a lot of acts like us out there. And, and uh, you know, MTV wasn't playing a lot of pop r&b stuff believe mm-hmm. it or not mm-hmm. it was still coming they were still coming kind of coming out of grunge mm-hmm. and rock and you know certainly they were playing you know R, like r&b like r kelly and ll and, and all those groups but you know they didn't quite know what to do with us so you know the label had us do a video and uh you know actually the the guy that directed that video his name's brett ratner he did a number of movies you know uh they were they were big and popular and and uh you know Rush Hour was one of his films later on and, and, and a number of other major massive hits. But, you know, they thought, you know, black and white sort of sultry video in the rain would be cool. Well, they took it to MTV and, you know, MTV didn't like it. Really? <laughs> it was like, we don't like it. Wow. It's boring. Uh, and so they were like, OK, well, you know, the budget had been spent already. So they went back and said, all right, let's do a, a less expensive color version. Mm-hmm. So they went and did one in color uh, that was, uh, you know, less produced. But. You know, eventually that ended up getting some rotation on MTV, but still not that much because TRL hadn't emerged yet. So we only got a few rotations 
uh, of that video on MTV and VH1 didn't play it at all. Mm. So here we were, you know, we had a top uh, 10 single, top 12 single on mm -hmm. Billboard, top 10 on the R&R &R charts, and we're going around the country, you know, trying to get people to understand that it was us. So literally, mm -hmm. we were the, the invisible men, Tim, we were out there promoting the song. People didn't really believe that we were the group that was singing it, and we had to really kind of pound the pavement to get everybody's attention. Well, I like the black and white one. I think that video was good, you know? <laughs> I like that one better too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go figure. I isn't, mean, isn't nowadays there there's no way with the, with the way things are so tight budget-wise mm -hmm. the labels that they would even try to do more than one yeah. video. So Interesting. we were fortunate to get two cracks at it, you mm -hmm. know. Now that first 98 Degrees album contained a version of You Are Everything. That is a stylistic sound of Philadelphia uh, song. Tell us about that inclusion of that song in the album. Well, look, Andre, uh, you know, you know, thought that the same thing you did. He thought that I, you know, that the falsetto should be featured on a song, um, and he he handpicked that one for us to remake. We did it with Mario Winans, who's an amazing, you know, artist, but mm -hmm. also a great producer. Mm -hmm. um, and and Mario, you know, we got in the studio, and I remember just being so nervous. I mean, so young, first album, and to you know, Nick, I I could always rely on Nick at the time, you know, who was sort of the main lead in the group, and I would trade off with him. But he carried the sound of the group, uh, and so I was super nervous. But, you know, Mario was great. His team was great in the studio, and I just loved the song and the stylistics. Again, another another group, stylistics, Delphonics. I mean, all those guys just had incredible style to them. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we ended up recording that one, and that's that's one of them I'm really proud of. R&B Showcase with Tim Marshall with a great Philadelphia classic, a Tom Bell, Linda Creed composition, the rendition from 98 Degrees. And our special guest is founding member Jeff Timmons. And that is a track, Jeff, from your first album, 98 Degrees. Yeah, you know, I, it's an interesting thing about that because, you know, we had a, a hit with Invisible Man. And then we, you know, after Andre left the label, you know, there was an interim president of the label. And they did not decide, they didn't know how to decide which single to put out next. Mm -hmm. So they went through the album and we felt like we had a couple of other strong ones on there, that being one of them. Mm -hmm. And they decided, no, you know, we don't have another song. So we went and recorded another song mm -hmm. uh, with Diane Warren, who's, you know, very prolific mm -hmm. uh, songwriter. And it was called, um, was it something I didn't say? So they actually, you know, re-released the album and stripped that song mm -hmm. off of the album, believe it or not, and put, and put, was it something I didn't say on there? So, you know, again, another you know trial and error kind of thing with getting us out there, but that's you know a little interesting story a lot of people don't know about. Mm -hmm. So there's there's somewhere there's some albums with that original song on it. You know, because I had happened to find that in one of the stores, you know, a few years back. You know, that original album. But then then it was a new version. Like I said, the new version has uh, the other song on there. So if you get a chance, it's a gem. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I totally appreciate it very much. I want to go into your acapella recording, She's Out of My Life. This is one of the best versions I've heard of this song done by Michael Jackson. Tell us about the recording from, it was from your album, 98 Degrees and Rising. Well, first of all, I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a true compliment. There are lots of versions of that song. Beautiful song. Uh, you know, it was arranged. We loved the song. You know, we wanted to do a Michael Jackson song, but, you know, he's got so many hits and you want to make sure if you're mm -hmm. doing something that Michael Jackson did, that you have to, you know, you, there's no way you're going to do it better. So if you're going to pick one, you got to pick something you can do differently and do a different take on it. So we had a really good friend of ours. Uh, we co-arranged it with him. And, uh, you know, in the studio, it was, it was just a fun time. It was actually on our demo. We recorded it uh, in the studio with a, a guy from Montel's camp named Professor Funk, who's just an incredible producer as well, Chef Crawford, uh, who, you know, um, 
did Deborah Cox's big hit, Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. And we just got in the studio and we did it old school at first. Traditionally, nowadays, you get in and everybody does their part uh, separately and then stacks it. So it sounds really thick and full. But we uh, we all gathered around the mic, uh, you know, and sang it together and, uh, and you know, did a couple stacks like that in real time. And, and uh, you know, the reaction to that was always really amazing. Well, let's take a listen to it, an acapella track. Out of the album 98 Degrees and Rising, it's vocal group Harmony from 98 Degrees featuring our special guest, Jeff Timmons, on the R&B Showcase. Great track, Pure Voice, 98 Degrees, and their rendition of the Michael Jackson classic, She's Out of My Life. And our special guest is Jeff Timmons, founding member of the group. And Jeff, what was it like actually performing on stage with Michael Jackson? It was great to you know, be able to get up and on stage and actually perform for Michael. We, uh, we performed with Luther Bandros and Usher. We did Man in the Mirror for his 30th anniversary special, which again was, was whimsical. It was like a dream come true for sure. Mm, that must have been great to be part of that. That was like a in, in, uh, couple days before 9-11, wasn't it? It was actually the day before 9-11. It was September 10th, mm -hmm. 2001. So we were actually in, in the city when, uh, you know, 9-11 uh, happened, uh, tragically. Mm. Wow, amazing story. Amazing. Now, you also worked not only with Michael Jackson, you worked with Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, <laughs> you know, this, the, we've always had a, a wish list of people we would love to work with. And, you know, Disney approached us, and certainly we always wanted to have you know, something on a Disney soundtrack and, mm -hmm. and they were they were creating Mulan at the time and, and you know, I remember being on our tour bus and them saying, Hey, you know, we got a call from Disney. Would you would you guys be interested in doing a, a one of the title tracks from Mulan with Stevie Wonder? And we're like, uh, where do we go? Yes, <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. ASAP and you know, what was great about that was you know, we we got to do a great song with Stevie, but when we shot the video, he was the most down to earth and mm. coolest guy ever. I mean and and, you know, he had a setup in his trailer with the keyboard and a studio. And, you know, he had his harmonica on the set the whole time and and just music always flowing uh, through the guy. And, and to be sitting there with him and discussing, you know, musical history and, you know, him just jamming away with us and singing with us. It was it was one of the proudest moments I've had in my career. We all were certainly rocking. I remember seeing you guys on Jay Leno, and they had that powerful horn section behind you, Stevie playing the piano, and 98 Degrees singing True to Your Heart. Man, that must have been a, such a high point there for you guys. Yeah, it was incredible because the Amazing. year before, you know, mm -hmm. like the, a year or two before that, I had visited uh, Jay Leno's, uh, you know, set. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, I went with uh, uh, my former group. I had a group of 498 Degrees, and we visited his set, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we were watching his him warm up the crowd before they started filming the show, and one of my one of my bandmates raised his hand and said, "Hey, can we get up and sing a song for the audience?" And so we got up and and sang for the audience, and Jay was dancing around on stage, and he walked up and said, "Oh, great job, guys! Great job!" And I said, "Hey, look, we're going to be here one day. We're going to be here mm. one day on your show for real." And and then you know, sure enough, a couple years later, we have the honor and, and uh, uh, luxury of performing, you know, with Stevie on the show. So. Again, another another just a, a, a sort of crazy dreamlike scenario to be a part of. Now, how long has the group Ninety Eight Degrees been together, Jeff? Well, I you know we formed in you know late nineteen ninety four, so it's going on twenty six years. We released our first single. Uh, you know we we got signed in ninety five. 
and then released our first single in, in 1997. So we've been around a long time. Mm. 26 years, 26 plus years. That's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, in a blink Ooh, of an eye, it's just, you. you know, it's flown by for us. I mean, and and look, as you know, Tim, and you, you're, you know, been very successful in entertainment and what you do. When you love doing, and you mm -hmm. know, it's that old cliche, when you love doing uh, what you do, uh, you, you never work in a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it seems to me like I've been on, one long vacation. Now, certainly, it's been it's hard work, and you know you got to be dedicated and have that work ethic. And there's certainly people that are a lot more talented than us out there. But you know we've we've uh, we've really enjoyed the ride. Well, Jeff, I must applaud you on being a veteran recording artist, and with all your great accomplishments, you remain humble, approachable. You never stop. It's a continuous grind for success. And I was very impressed with your solo performance at BB King's Blues Club in New York City. That was about 15 years ago, and you're still doing it. Well, I'm lucky to be doing it, blessed to be doing it, Tim, and I always appreciate the kind words, and you giving me the opportunity to talk about our career and our music and all that, and, and not only that, I mean, I, I really appreciate the fact that you see us beyond, you know, that boy band moniker, and, mm -hmm. and know where our roots are, and, and know what we love musically, and I totally, uh, I totally have a lot of respect for you for for having me on and, and really, really giving us the opportunity to share our music with everybody. No question about it. Now, before we go, tell us about your current projects, Jeff. What do you got going on well, now? We've got some great stuff going on. There's going to be some big announcements. I mean, certainly COVID has, has thrown us for a loop, just like it has everybody else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have we have big intentions in, on, on touring in 2021. And, uh, you know, look, we have... We have some other big announcements as a group group that we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth when things open up and they're safe. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly intend on doing new music and might have some other things on the horizon. And look, I'm going to try to try to be like you, Tim, and get, get, get on the radio a little bit. I've got a podcast that's going to be coming out in October with some amazing guests anywhere from, you know, pro athletes to social media influencers, recording artists, actors, actresses, uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, just trying to keep busy. So, uh, you know, yeah, trying to keep busy during COVID, just like everybody else. I see it. Now, talking about pro athletes, you follow any of the NBA uh, playoffs right now? I am in love with the fact that sports are back. Isn't so I'm watching familiar? every game. I watch them, you know, I watch the repeats. And, you know, I'm, I'm from Ohio and northeastern Ohio, so I'm a big LeBron fan. I was going to ask you that. So uh, am I. <laughs> I, love Le I love LeBron. And That's I, my favorite, I, I brother. I hope that, you know, he, they win the championship. So. Well, we're on the same page with that one. I love to see LeBron get... One more with the Lakers. You know, Me too, man. Great. So, all right, man. Well, you know, it's good talking with. I guess we're not going to get the Christmas tour this year, huh? Yeah, I know. I mean, we're kind of disappointed that we're not going to have the opportunity to do that this year. But look, it, it gives us something to look forward to next year. No and question. Hopefully, we'll be, be back on the grind and mm -hmm. being able to give people something during the holidays next year. Well, I appreciate you checking in with the R&B Showcase. It's always good to hear from you, Jeff Timmons uh, from 98 Degrees. We appreciate you, and I wish you much continued success. Thank you, sir. I totally appreciate you. Jeff Timmons, our special guest from 98 Degrees on the R&B Showcase.